You wanted the best. You got the best. In strong language and adult content. The hottest podcast in the world. Slowly we rock. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, slowly we rock, the podcast strikes back. The dead speak, that's right, <laughs> beyond the grave, to talk about all things Star Wars. And by all things Star Wars, I mean specifically the Mandalorian. Uh, that's right, uh, your favourite rocking boys are talking about one of our favourite film franchises and its recent spin-off TV show, The Mandalorian. I figured we don't talk enough about star wars on this podcast uh so somehow we're talking about (laughs) about star wars again um but before we whisk you far far away to that galaxy let's go around the room uh to my right with a whole bunch of star wars figures behind him uh in something which had zero influence on the topic of this podcast (laughs) <laughs> is uh lando blake Rissian? how you doing Land- lando blake Rissian? Yeah. you couldn't have gone for like lou skywalker <laughs> no 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 it's too good for you i'll take it you old pirate <laughs> how you doing <laughs> how are you doing uh yeah i'm good i'm good i've i feel actually uh i think we've all had quite busy times at work at the minute and i feel a lot like billy d in the rise of skywalker just laughing my ass off like a senile old man in every scene i think like yeah like all of us we're just phoning it in turning up for the paycheck (laughs) (laughs) such low stakes in this podcast to turn up and phone it in uh to my left uh the co-pilot the one and only uh, <laughs> Dando Calrissian. There we go. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Nailed it. This is going really well. Dan, Dan how are you doing? Yeah, well, yeah, fine, I think. It's hard to tell these days, but I'm here. <laughs> Would you say Dando you're uh, visibly confused, like uh, the subtitled Obi Wan when he's meeting the cloners? Yes. Hello there. <laughs> that's, oh, a, that's, that's a meme, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> General and Kenobi. It's, it's me, your host, Jar uh, Jar Johnson Street. Hello, no, guys. No. How are we all doing? <laughs> 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 yeah, so Star Wars episode. Um, I think there's probably, what, uh, three topics, I would say, which we've covered on this podcast, like, like ad nauseum. Uh, Star Wars <laughs> is one of them. Uh Guns and Roses is another, <laughs> I would say. And the third one is probably... Actually, no, it's probably four. Um, the comings and goings of the members of Motley Crue. Yeah. yeah. And Brett Michaels. Yes. Yeah. I would Why say does anyone listen f- to this? No, when, <laughs> yeah. you, when you lay out like that. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> I would say those are the four topics we kind of cover the most. Um, so I figured let's just get it out of our system. Because uh, I thought like after we did the insane Guns N' Roses uh, musical, 
we kind of like got it out of our system, then we got to talk about other things. So I reckon if we do our Star Wars episode, uh, we get it off our chests, out of our systems, uh, then that's all good. And then we can explore the rest of the world of rock, metal, music, movies, games, all the stuff that we're loving. Um, yeah. Also, the Man- Mandalorian was so damn good. I feel like it Fuck would yeah. be... And also the statue of limitations are on spoilers now. It's been... Is, how, when did it finish? A couple of months ago before Christmas, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah, just before yes, Christmas. Yes, it was. So you watched it all over Christmas. So, you know, if you haven't seen it by now, what are you waiting for? If you have seen it, keep on listening because we're going to share our thoughts on it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I guess just before we do go into anything, I think... Just full spoiler warning. If you haven't seen it, don't listen to this. I use spoilers. Yes. Yeah. If, yeah. If you We're giving everything away. Put the podcast on pause. Go to your smart device. Go to Disney. Download the app. Put <laughs> type in, your, in t- your name. Type in Jim. Your dot address. <laughs> <laughs> your address. Your bank details. Sign up for a monthly <laughs> subscription. Then go onto the main menu. You'll find that there's different categories. <laughs> Pixar, Marvel, National Geographic, The Simpsons. There's also one for Star Wars. Click on the one that says Star Wars. <laughs> You'll be presented with several things from the Star Wars universe, including the movies. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Episode 1, Episode 2, Episode 3, Episode 4, Episode 5, Episode 6, Episode 7. Episode and then eight, it just stops. episode nine, <laughs> and also two spin-off movies. There's also animated series. But what you want to look for is a show specifically called Star Wars: The Mandalorian. Yeah, and you want to click on that. Then on episode series one, episode one, press play. If you were to jump ahead, it might spoil the story <laughs> for you. But then you want to watch those through to their logical conclusion, the credit sequence. Then go to the next one until there's no more episodes. Then Jim. when you've done that. Come back to your smart device where you listen to this podcast and press play again. Yes, Lewis. Hi, thanks. Sorry, Lando. Uh, hi. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Jim, how do you know when it is the credits? Okay, so... Man, what am I, I looking for? I was confused as well at first um, <laughs> because I thought, like, galactic credits? Is someone going to hand me some money? Oh, credits. Like, how's this right, work? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Creds. How's this work? It was deeply confusing. Uh, so I went online, I went to Wikipedia. It turns out credits basically in the context of a TV show, a film, anything like that is effectively the opposite of a title card. Whereas a title card will introduce you to what you're watching. The credits kind of like their way of saying goodbye and letting you know who was working on it. Um, Uh. it's really interesting as well because it turns out that a lot of the characters were played by actors who have real names, totally different identities their own lives outside of go on Lewis question what mm-hmm how did you how did you know this well I couldn't work out when they were like oh there's a Han Solo movie I was like there's loads of Han Solo movies there's that one where Han Solo is the president <laughs> on the aeroplane there's one where Han Solo infiltrates the Amish community there's one where, uh, there's the one where yeah there's the one where <laughs> he's got a whip and he's uh fighting Nazis like old original Nazis rather than space Nazis I was like there's the one where like he's also in the future, but it's a lot more grim and sad and moody and atmospheric. Mm. There's even less narrative. Uh, yeah, but it turns out, no, that was an actor called Harrison Ford. That's a made name. a number of movies. Yeah, it just sounds like a Hollywood There's no one called that. I've never met yeah. anyone called Harrison. 
Well, he's not first name. Actually, yeah. that's not true. I have. I actually have. I work with someone called Harrison. Yeah, I've also met someone called Harrison. Jim, what of it? <laughs> My point is, once you're done watching, <laughs> maybe cancel your subscription. Oh no, watch One Division, then cancel your subscription, <laughs> then come back to us on this episode because you'll be completely clued up and you'll know what we're talking about and it won't be spoiled anymore. How's that sound? I just had one thing actually to that. Keep this episode running on mute because it's very good for us. <laughs> and then come back and listen again. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, or even, yeah much better idea. Yeah, yeah. Game the system. Thank you. Give us numbers up. Yeah, but before we dive into uh, Mando chat, um, what have we all been up to? What we've been watching, what we've been listening to, what we've been playing? Uh, I'll start you, Dan. What have you been up to? Uh, I'm going to assume it's two weeks since the last episode at this point. Um, don't know. It's a really hard question these days. Stop, stop with the gotcha journalism. Um, <laughs> let's have a look. <laughs> Uh, I've been playing actually Star Wars wise. I started playing um, um, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, cool. Because I never played it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's you can kind of tell it's their first time. I think doing one of those sorts of action games. Respawn, ex Call of Duty uh, yeah. team who made a uh, Titanfall as well, which uh, I would recommend. Yeah, they're really good, and they're really good at big set pieces. Um, and I'm really enjoying the game overall. There's just little, like the story is really cool. And the music obviously is amazing because they use bits of John Williams in there, um, including like the music. peppered in. They use the Order 66 music, uh, which is just amazing. It's probably my favorite of the new John Williams films, um, like scores. But um, yeah, there's just little things around the edges. It's a bit rough and a bit, like some of the platforming is just miserable in that game. And like, some of it almost feels like filler at times. There's like sequences where you're just sliding forever. And I think it's because they're loading the level, mm. but it's just not very fun at those points. But the bits that are, the bits that do work are amazing. Like the combat's really good. It makes you feel like mm. you're actually a Jedi wiping the floor. Like the stormtroopers are just stupid in that game in a good way. <laughs> but like, they like, sometimes they'll cheer, but they hit you and they go, why did I just do that? And start panicking. <laughs> um, but no, that's really good. Um, apart from that, I've been watching One Division, which I guess, Lewis, do you watch that? Yeah, boy. But we, we don't need to spoil that on this one because it'll still be ongoing. Yeah, I reckon but, um, uh, it's a One Division, a One Division uh, spoiler episode when the, when the series is done. Uh, yeah, yeah definitely. Really I, I will not to give anything away, but I really like how much they're sort of revealing without really still revealing anything. Like there's yeah. a, a, a couple of recent episodes, you think they're going to start giving the game away or explaining what's going on, but they don't really. It kind of almost just has more questions, but on a bigger in a bigger scale, like a bigger context for the world. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I heard some people saying that they should have shut, weren't going to spoil it again, but they should have aired episode four first before all the others. What? Uh, which I'm like, what? no, absolutely no. not. Like the the fun is the mystery and then <laughs> unraveling before what a you. Terrible idea. Not. Yeah, not the entire setup, and then because then it's not a mystery anymore. Yeah, what a stupid idea! The whole what? the whole genius of it is literally the first episode is basically a straight sitcom. Yeah, it would be like uh, ending, starting a movie with Knives Out with like the killer <laughs> yeah. in the back of the police car, 
going, yeah. oh, I can't believe you figured out how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Three days earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, I, I had a really good time with uh, the really awkwardly titled Star Wars Jedi hyphen Fallen Order. Even though the title would make far more sense to have been Star Wars hyphen Jedi Fallen Order, because it's a, literally about the aftermath of the Jedi Order falling apart. Yeah. It's, and then this guy is actually a Star Wars Jedi. He's not a Marvel Jedi. Okay. He's not a DC Jedi. He's not a Harry Potter Jedi. He's a Star Wars Jedi. The other thing that hasn't happened in the game yet, but. For some reason, they released a trailer spoiling this and then deleted it after a few days. I remember when the marketing came out. Is So what I'm really enjoying about it is that it hasn't really got anybody from any of the films. We're going to talk about this again later. Or anything like that. It's just his own Star Wars adventure. But I know for a fact, because I saw it in that trailer years ago when it came out, that Darth Vader's going to turn up at some point. Um, I don't really need that at the moment in the game. Like I'm really enjoying the fact it's its own thing. Um, yeah. I'm also excited for like the PlayStation 5 to see whether hair technology will improve because it's such a bold move. Like one of the main levels in the game is set on the Wookiee home planet and they all look like shit and it's because of the graphics. Um, But it's such a bold move to do like fully haired creatures on a video game when you can't really get that. They noticeably look worse than everyone else in the game. It's quite funny. They look like they're on the way to a fan convention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they look like the Christmas special. Yeah. Yeah. Like walking carpets more than Wookiees. Uh, One of yeah. the things that I liked about it is the way that uh, you you bounce back and forth between the planets and it's like the classic yeah. Metroidvania sort of thing. Yeah. And then you couldn't start to unlock new areas. Yeah. Um, when you go back to... there's uh, Yeah, I won't, again, don't want to spoil for you. I don't even know. You may not have encountered that bit yet. But there's a bit where you go back to all the planets and... Uh, there's just a thing that completely threw me off and I was like, oh, shit, okay. Um, this has happened, okay, whatever. And then it doesn't turn out how I expect it to. Uh, oh, I, can't, cool. I can't go into any more details because it's like a big spoiler. Yeah. Um, but it was one of my favourite, like, what the fuck moments in the game. It's okay, that's cool. And I'm really enjoying how they blend the flashbacks into the game. Um yeah. Like you'll just turn around and suddenly be in the flashback or they, yeah. they do it. They keep changing the point in the game where the flashback happens. So you're not expecting it as well, which is mm. really clever. And not many games do that where it, it, it plays with the mechanics of the, um, the actual game. Yeah. I quite like, I like the idea that, um, that these guys like the main character, like, yeah, he was, he's a, he's a Jedi, but, and he was trained up and everything, but he, the surviving Order 66 and everything is like so traumatic in the years that followed yeah. that he is like mentally repressed all of that time, like from due yeah. to the PTSD. And you know, it's an organic reason for you that makes sense in the narrative. Very like, clever game. Why, is my, why is my dude shit being a Jedi? Yeah, okay, now he's getting better, he's getting a swagger back, you know. It's, it's very clever, uh, to, to have a game mechanic fitted around the story like that. Like, really yeah. impressed with that because what I liked as well is like if you want i love the way it is well at the beginning you can set the layers of difficulty mm-hmm. so if you go for that maximum difficulty it's like yeah this game is basically a dark souls type game you have to be really precise really careful or if you just want to play it like a uncharted style action game put it down it's cool it's going to be a fun roller coaster yeah uh, and i loved how accessible it was in that sense as well 
Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's um it's a bit miserable if your game shuts everybody out. So totally. it's a good move. Yeah. Lewis, how you feel about you you yeah, obviously you can play Jedi Fallen Order as well, right? I loved it, man. I, I loved every set like uh I love I've got a lot of love for the prequels. Um and anything to do with like Order sixty six, I really like. Because it's such a, we only we got the tiniest bit of it, right? It's the biggest event, and we got the tiniest bit of it in uh, Revenge of the Sith. So I love the Clone Wars. Mm. Having like seven series build up to that moment mm. was cool. So getting a look at it from this new character as well, because it's so fucking heartbreaking. Like it's the worst. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's I, I don't know. It's it's just a really interesting area of Star Wars. So anytime that's explored, I'm sold. Mm. But I really like the character. I loved uh, BD1. Oh, yeah, BD1's amazing. That's my favourite thing in the game is the droid. He's, yeah, he's awesome. He's a little yeah. droid. He, he kind of climb, he's on your back, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I liked and, also um, swapping the ponchos out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, I kind of wanted um, more than like just a poncho. I, I've seen some sick mods where people have got him in like old school Jedi robes. Yeah, I don't wear the poncho. It just looks really cool. I don't like it. it I just have the normal, like, whatever brown costume he has on. I do find it weird, all the, all the hidden chests in that game are all just cosmetic stuff. Like, there's no... Yeah. It's like they put it in because they felt they had to. As like Because all those games have, like, hidden chests. Um, yeah. And, it's bizarre. and also because I'm playing it on the EA Play thing on PlayStation, so you get all the premium content with that. So I've got the orange lightsaber and, like, the fancy, the fancy paint jobs for the ships and BD1 and stuff. So there's not like really any interest in that for me either getting the, and you can barely see your lightsaber as well. That's the funniest thing. There's like five different customizations on it, but you don't really ever see it properly. Oh, I spent um, ages pissing around a bit. But obviously that's I, a really, I, did, yeah. I don't know well, no, why. I, I've made sure it looks really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's just funny <laughs> you don't see it. But no, I'm really, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It is a very good game. I think they lay some really good groundwork for a potential sequel. Yeah. I'm surprised nothing because, um, Obviously, I haven't finished it, but I'm surprised there hasn't been a sequel to this game yet. I announced I mean, it. It only came out a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, I reckon. I reckon it'll happen for sure. Um, there's actually, I'll tell you what. There's a really, really cool uh, making of. It's on YouTube, and the guys involved. I think they had. Some, I can't remember. They had some like crazy short deadline that they just had to get stuff out, and you just see the effort these people went to to make it happen. It's amazing. Yeah, you it's can, really, really interesting. You, you can tell that. I, I was saying to Jim, I feel like it's a really good game, but it, it just needed, in terms of the little, like the little things that were bugging me when I'm playing it, it just needed like six more months of sort of polish mm. and finishing up. Because I know for a fact, I think they cut out a lot of content as well for that reason, for time reasons as well. Mm, um, yeah. But hopefully, because this one was big, and I think EA aren't doing exclusively doing the star wars titles anymore which is good news nope. um we'll hopefully see a bit more freedom with that sort of thing as well going forward which would be nice and just Lucas, a few a few more games as well right just because yeah. you know in like the i don't know how long yeah had the license for like 10 years they put out four games yeah it's absolutely it's absurd fu- isn't it it's ridiculous yeah. when you look at what um what was what was Lucas LucasArts, wasn't it? Yeah. When you yeah. look at what the amount of shit LucasArts were just throwing out all of the time. Yeah. Each year you were getting like fifteen games or something crazy. Yeah. Not all of them were good, but like there'd be something for everyone yeah. in there, right? Like yeah. I probably wasn't gonna play like, you know, 
and that's not a knock against them. I'm probably not going to play uh, Phantom Menace Lego Pod Racer. Uh, although just saying it out loud makes it oh maybe yeah um, but like yeah if you give me like a cool like action adventure game like that every couple of years then yeah i'll go play it and like it's it's interesting to see that yeah ubisoft are now doing because they they obviously specialize in those huge open world type games so i would be really interested to see what they can do with like a yeah a big star wars open world experience for sure um, let's get that level was it um Level 1313, I think was Star- the... Oh, 1313, that- yeah. There was also another one. I think the nickname for it was like Ragtag. And they only ever showed like a split second of footage. But it was going to be like an open world Star Wars game where it wasn't about like Jedi or Sith. It was set in like... It, again, they were kind of picking up the premise of like, hey, you're like a bounty hunter slash smuggler scoundrel and you're going around the seedy underbelly of the Star Wars universe. Mm. It's, it's going to be about that. It's not going to be about the... You know the the main conflict. Well, that's what like, the first yes, TV show was going to be, stuff. wasn't it? Originally, the first Star Wars TV show was going to be about like gangsters and stuff on um, um, the city planet Coruscant. Coruscant, yeah. And it was going to be like much more level than basically what you were describing, but in a TV show. But obviously, that never came to be because then I think Disney bought out uh, um, LucasArts, and a lot of that just fell to the wayside. Yeah, they spent they spent a lot of time just like going, oh, we could do this, we should do this, we'll talk about doing this. They never actually did anything. I guess there's a lot yeah. of pressure to get it right though, as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why we're here now, Mando would yeah. be the perfect premise for a, an open world game. Yes, totally. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, before uh, before we hop over to uh, Lewis, anything else you've been uh, checking out since we last spoke? Any 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 music? Any movies? Anything like that? Uh, music, just honestly, at the moment, just more like just classic stuff I like to listen to. Nothing too exciting or new, but like just um, you know the usual work stuff, just stuff I really enjoy listening to to get me through the day. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then in terms of I've watched a lot of films. Um, this year, that might shock. I've watched 34 films this year so far. Oh, lockdown. lockdown needs to end. Uh, <laughs> I watched a. I watched Operation Odessa. I think we talked about it. Did we talk about yeah, it? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, on the end of the last episode. Yeah. Uh, I watched Soul. I don't think we talked about that yet. We did. Or did we? We did. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I just lockdown needs to end. <laughs> I have no concept of. Um, Time or place. I watched a really cool Japanese horror film called uh, I think it's either Noroi or Noroi, uh, The Curse. Noroi's allowed. It came out in 2005, but it's all it's entirely done like a found footage film with like a journalist that goes missing after investigating. Uh, um, like a, it's got all sorts in it. It's like a, a, there's a possible demon cult and like psychic children on like a TV game show. Um, but it's all done like found footage or like investigative journalism. And it's really, really creepy, and really unsettling. Um, but that's good. That's on Shudder on the Prime channel. Oh, yeah. On yeah. Amazon Prime. Um, I also watched Creepshow 2, which isn't great. But I really like it because it's Creepshow. So Creepshow 1 is five different stories written by Stephen yeah. King and um, George A. Romero. And George A. Romero also directs it. It's great. It's a really good horror anthology. And then Creepshow 2 isn't as good but it's more of that like i think there's stories that stephen king's come up with um and done in like an anthology thing again and it's all animated in between the stories which is cool but the funny thing is the guy who plays bill tench from um um 
Mindhunter. Oh, uh, Mindhunter, yeah. Is, is in it. Colt McCallany is in it as like this sort of jock Native American guy with like very luscious, long black hair. <laughs> um, yeah, he's an asshole in it, but it's really weird seeing him in it. I, I think I couldn't really tell whether they put makeup on him to make him more to look more Native American or not. Um, <laughs> which is weird because the actual story itself isn't particularly problematic in any way in that regard. It's all quite well written and thought through. But if they just cast a different actor for his part, I think it would have been... I wouldn't have had any questions he's about one of, it. He's one of the ultimate... Uh, like Because he, he, he got like more prominent off Mindhunter. And you go back and watch anything from like the 90s he just turns up like what yep. the fuck is this guy doing in it I know he's like he's he, finally sort of getting his dues isn't he, he he's you know? the guy you, have you watched any Mindhunter Lewis yeah I've, I cannot wait for the next series it's one, it's one of my favourite things on TV hmm. so he is the dude in uh, Fight Club who starts the his name was Robert Paulson chant yeah when oh. Meatloaf dies <laughs> yeah and he's in Alien 3 yeah 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 Alien he's always yeah, teardrop tattoo Paulson. isn't he that could be anyone in Alien 3. They're all a bunch of convicts. <laughs> yeah. Doing hard time, doing porridge. That was a good um, one. I mean, we talk, did we talk about that when we were talking about what, bold men? No, bold men last, last episode. I don't know if we ever brought up Alien 3, but that is like the pinnacle. <laughs> Everyone in has got a shaved yeah. head. Even Sigourney Weaver gets her head shaved in that. Oh, she looks fucking cool with a shaved head. Oh, she looks Sigourney amazing. Weaver. She's it looks badass. so cool. Yeah. Alien 3 is better than people give it credit for. It's not amazing it's definitely not as good as the first two it's better than 4 though it's better than Alien 4 yeah Yeah. man (laughs) what a weird director to pick for Alien 4 who who did it who did 4 Jean-Pierre Juno who did who did um, Juno it's Juno isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah I think I guess if you look at was it City of Lost Children which is a weird ass looking movie which has got great aesthetics you go yeah let's get him in for an Alien movie but, no, but it, yeah, yeah, he's um, weird. it would almost it's almost like if you got and I'd want to see it, but it wouldn't work. But if you got Wes Anderson to do an alien movie as well, it's that kind of weird, like, yes, he's got a unique aesthetic, but I don't think it really suits that universe. Alien yeah. 4 is an absolute mess, but it's got it really Ron is. Pullman in it as a space asshole, so that's something. <laughs> and that dude with the really gravelly voice, uh, Michael, uh, Michael Wincott. Michael Winkler, yeah, yeah. Guy yeah. Gisborne uh, in um, Guy Gisborne in um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes, yeah, and also um, another. It's got another classic black guy actor. Um, oh, I spell him Brad Dreeves in it as well. Brad Dreeves in it, but also uh, I, I can I'll never ever remember his name, but he's in he's in Seven as well, and he's the guy who's like really trauma- traumatized after John Doe makes him put on the giant strap on with yeah, the blade he's on it. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, he's got name? like he always he's always got like shaved head and uh glasses. He's in the bone uh, collector as well. Yeah, he was in ER for a bit, but he's really good at playing like very panicky uh weak man, basically. That's yeah. like his jam. <laughs> like if he was typecast. Oh he's got an um, unusual name as well, that's gonna uh Yeah. Why are you Googling that very important information? Lewis, what have you been up to? What have you been watching? What have you been reading? What have you been listening to? Leland Dawson. That's it, yeah. <laughs> be, I uh, forgot I, it already. It's just new bad dude. <laughs> been watching WandaVision. Absolutely love it. It's it's really, like, I don't mean this as a discredit to any of Marvel stuff, because I've really enjoyed their whole catalogue. Um, but it's really nice to have a Marvel thing where 
it's not just building up to a bunch of people yep. punching a big CGI monster. Yep. It's, you don't know like, that. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, it's really refreshing TV. Yeah. Uh, mm. It feels like we're playing like Who Done It the whole time. Well, have I got news, good news for you? Um, because uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier's coming out. And that looks like the opposite of what you've just described. <laughs> it looks like the most marvelous I'm thing ever. Excited about, I, I should be excited about it, but I watched it. I just, uh, had big I Hobbs and Shaw energy to it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't care about that. Well, the funny like, thing was, I that was maybe one of the post-endgame uh, things I was most excited for, was seeing... I actually wanted to see Winter Soldier take on the Cap mantle. Uh, because, you know, he's got such a checkered past on account of him being a sleeper agent assassin for Hydra for decades, <laughs> you know, just a few controversies in his past, that it's it, it's just it's a good redemption arc, right? It's just a good redemption story. Um, and I don't think the character's ever really had that. Obviously, he's had a bit of a rough run in the Marvel movies because he's always just played second fiddle to Captain America. But, like... In the comic books, you know, Brubaker's Captain America run where he takes on the mantle. That stuff was awesome, you know? Um, so I was hoping we'd get that and then eventually get to Falcon as Captain America like they did in the comics. I feel like they've maybe jumped a little bit too far ahead. Uh, but I don't know what the show's going to be like. It could be really fun. It could be awesome. You know, uh, who knows? But I think when WandaVision is so different, seeing the trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is just a great... Great name just rolls off your tongue. Um, <laughs> snappy title. It just looked like I'd seen it before. Uh, but one division, so different, so yeah. so great. We'll, I'll tell you what, we'll do a proper chat about yeah. it. It's in a way, it's like the most comic booky thing they've done in a while. Easily. Because it is like that Elseworlds almost style story. Uh, where in a comic book they can easily just pile an issue one month where it's like, oh, we're gonna do some weird throwback thing or we're going to just completely throw every idea to the wall it doesn't matter because next month there's another issue uh, or it's a limited series uh with the movies tv shows because you've got those huge budgets and stuff like that you have to be a bit more conservative with the story and it's amazing to see them it, it's like you know if they suddenly went oh by the way we're doing a superman red sun movie or a tv show or something like that you know it's like yes that's awesome because it's it's out the box that's yeah. That's what I'm enjoying about One Division. But yes, we'll do a big spoiler thing for it soon, right? Yeah, I think Definitely. so. I think we need to. Hmm. Um, yeah. Other, other than that, uh, I, I listened to. Uh, I, I'm I'm just cautious of time because I think we've already been going for like half an hour, and I'm keen to get into the meat. That's cool. Of this. We will. Don't but, you worry. Um, yeah. But I, I I listened to King Eight Ten. Uh, Why? Recent. Yeah, because I thought because in my head, uh, so they're up on this like mixing thing I do. Um, so like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll check out the track. And in my head, I remember them being a bit more uh, good. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it, I've never had a song make me cringe so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, well, I'm not familiar with them at all. I'm just looking now. They but, sound, they sound like shit. Uh, shit, yes, they sound like shit. Um, they, they, they sound like a monster drink. Yeah, they, like a monster energy. Drink. They, I think they were like the forefront of. I don't know if like there's some new metal Illuminati, uh, where like <laughs> there's a guy behind in a big chair, completely in shadow, but you can see a red cat poking out. But like it felt like they were going to be at the forefront of like this new metal revival, 
and uh, it didn't really work out for them on account of the fact that I want to say they uh, their guitar sorry their guitarist was arrested ahead of uh, weapon possession charges ahead of their bloodstock performance, and uh, another member of the band uh, was. Uh, Court trying to storm the US Capitol in January. Yeah, just reading that. That's quite a lineup. <laughs> oh, and uh, they also uh, got d- a few members got done for assault as well, arrested for it. They basically <sighs> have had loads of really crappy, violent legal challenges, and it turns out they're as big a meatheads as their music sounds. Um, but- one of them, one of them was involved in the Capitol shit. Yeah, fucking idiots. Really. Uh, he said he attended but didn't participate in any of the crimes. Which is exactly what you would say if you were well, caught. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's me. Yeah. About yourself, Jimmy J. Um, so here's the, we'll do the good and the bad for what I've been listening to. Uh, <laughs> the the bad, the new Foo Fighters album is fucking rubbish. Uh, I didn't even bother. I hated what I heard previewed. So I just... I forgot. thought it was... It's absolutely naff. It's saving graces that it's 35 minutes long. Um, I, I'll give it another listen, but I listened to it last Friday and I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, they are really deliberately leaning into like a dad rock element uh, with a very, like a, it's like dad rock music with a very deliberately poppy sound and it just does not work at all. Um, yeah. Uh, I just think it's it's for like how long everyone's had to wait for that album, partly because of the quarantine and everything and the pandemic. But uh, I it just feels like they fell completely flat on their face. Uh, I would rank it as maybe I'd have to give it a listen, but I'd probably say it's the second worst album they've done after um, Echo Science, Patience and Grace, which is just completely flat out rubbish, apart from the Pretender. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was not into it at all. I'll go back to it. Maybe next time we record, I completely change my mind. But it reminded me of something, Lewis. You said last, when the last Foo Fighters album came out, where it's like, yeah, it's just two singles and then a bunch of songs you never think about again. And I was like, that's not true for their records. There's loads which I go back and listen to. That is completely what this album is. It's a couple of singles. I think it's, it's true. For, it's true for a good few. I think Wasting Light is the last album I really loved from start to finish. I, I enjoyed that. I, and think, I think the album, documentary think the helped album. with that. Sorry? I think the documentary helped with that as well, because that's the one when um, they were doing the Sound City doc, right? Uh, uh, no, yeah, that's I, the album I, after I, that. No, no, so they did, no, the, they was, did Sound the City, and they also did Sonic Highways, which was another documentary, and that's yeah. where they visited a different city, explored the music scene, oh, yeah, and inspired by the And... Like um, the Animatrix, if you listen, watch that series before the album, you appreciate the album a lot more. It's that kind of vibe to it. I actually like Sonic Highways. It's not the best thing, but I like it, um, especially as you get what genre they're tackling in each song, in each city. Mm. Um, Concrete and Gold, the one that came after it, I listened to it a couple of times, I was like, oh, this is okay. But I went back to it uh, last year, and I was like, this is actually a lot better than I re- gave it credit for. It's like, it's the good side of their kind of dad rock leanings. This one, they've just indulged it a bit too much. And it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like they're trying to do uh, yeah, a very classic rock 70s style album with lots of pop leanings. Like they're, they're leaning into like some of that like Fleetwood and Mackie type stuff, but just not good. Are they leaning into it enough? 
No, no, because yeah. Do you think that's? Does it feel like non-committal? It's yeah. It's like there's probably like a little bit of like cheap trick in there as well. It, it's everything that if you were to write it, it sounds down, awesome. It's not, it. It's not. It's. It was just. It's so forgettable. Um, shame, shame. Which was the thing where everyone went, oh, is like one of the best songs on the album. Okay. Anyway, done with that. Maybe I'll go back to it in a bit and tell you. Yeah, it may have changed my mind. I don't think so. Um, no, Jim. Jim, no. You've put it out on the internet now. I've you don't change to yeah, your mind. Yeah, I'm a hypocrite. If yeah. double down, if it destroys you. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll be a hypocrite and a liar. Yeah. Don't you dare change your opinion. <laughs> Humans don't have capacity for change. We know this. <laughs> <laughs> what I have been enjoying a lot, though, is a lot of Iron Maiden. Um, our favourite band. Ah, um, uh, yes, yes. I realised that I hadn't mm. listened to a lot of their, like, it sounds weird, their newer stuff in a while. Um, and the, it's weird the fact that, yeah, Bruce has now been back with them longer than he was originally, and actually longer than, than he'd been away for as well. Yeah. Like, I think the actual length of time between him joining the band, leaving and coming back, is shorter than the amount of time he has been with yeah, them be. since coming back. Um, so I've been going through the new the newer albums again. Dance of Death is twenty years old, is or whatever. Uh, Dude, he's been with them again mm-hmm. for the same amount of time as they've existed as a band before he left. <laughs> yes, well, since so, their well, first release, anyway. Yeah, that's mental. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I mean, like, in fact, this year was like the fortieth year of the band, and he's been with the yeah, and he came back twenty years ago. So yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I went back to Brave New World, I went back to Dance of Death, uh, Match of Life and Death, and um, motherfucking uh, The Final Frontier. I'm going to give the Book of Souls a spin tomorrow. But especially those first three comeback albums are amazing. I'm still not decided yet on The Final Frontier. There's some songs I like on it, but there's some stuff on it which feels a little bit half-baked, like it mm. could have done with like another writing session just to like polish up some of those songs. Yeah. Um and I don't remember the Book of Souls other than that I liked it, but there was a lot of it. Uh so I'm gonna give that a listen tomorrow. But Maiden is such a go to feel good band for me. Uh despite Dave Grohl's best efforts to put out like a classic rock feel good <laughs> pop album, he failed. So I had to go back to Iron Maiden. Uh yeah, and that's me, man. Uh, I finished Bloodborne, which I talked about on the last episode, uh, which hasn't gone up yet uh, as of recording this, but Finish that. That's probably my proudest achievement of 2021 because uh, it's a solid game and just fantastic. Um, but yeah, I've basically just been jamming while Iron Maiden. Uh, but let's take a quick break. Catch your breath. Have you caught your breath? Yes. Mandalorian. Here we go. Mandalorian. Here we go. Mandalorian. Mando. 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 Yeah, we've uh, we've teased you long enough. Yeah, let's get into the Mando chat. Um, so yeah, so full spoiler warning ahead for everyone. Um, we are going to start talking Star Wars. We're going to talk Mandalorian. We're going to um, kind of just go through our thoughts on the show and the plots, stuff like that. We won't be doing like an episode by episode deep dive, but we just kind of want to talk, I reckon, about the the overall show and uh, what it means to us as, as Star Wars fans who've gone through some turbulent times the last few years uh and also to me you know the promise it shows for star wars going forwards uh as well as like a lot of other franchises it's very interesting but um just to sort of start um 
What did everyone think of Mandalorian? Series fucking one and loved two. it. <laughs> really, Lewis? That surprised me. I, I, I didn't fucking think you'd be into it. Loved it. Kev, why you changed the You should have heard what you were saying before we recorded. <laughs> He's been yeah, reading the room. Slagged him off. You know? <laughs> He's slagging you off. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Uh, in fact, I remember when it first came out, you were like, you had somehow were like, obviously we've all paid our fees to Disney now, but I believe you were trying to get hold of an episode any which way you could to watch I, it. Just, uh, you know, it was just some stuff fell into my lap. <laughs> fell off the back of a wagon. Oh uh, Yeah, I got some episodes off the back of a truck. Went to see a man about a dog. <laughs> Went to see a man about a droid. Very hey. good. Now hey. And that's the end of our Mandalorian episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dan, what do you reckon? what do you think of Mando? Uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, it was really nice to actually enjoy Star Wars again. Um, <laughs> which between that and Fallen Order, it's just been a nice little little yeah. experience. Oh, obviously, the Lego games are great. So, but you know what I mean. Um, in terms of, in terms of um, um, like new Star Wars content, fresh content as well. Um, yeah, it's really good. Uh, much prefer like probably most people series two to series one. Um, but series one does lay a lot of groundwork overall, so it's not really yeah. necessarily fair to compare the two quite like that because it's one long story. And by the end of series one, amazing! Like that last episode, with Is it the last two that are just like yep. one into the other. Yeah, with That's, the, um, that was where it was at its peak. The droid, the whole bit with the droid in that. I forget his name. The one who was a bounty hunter and then got IG Eleven. Yes. Um, just amazing for start to finish. I mean, series two, for the most part, I absolutely loved again. Um, yeah, it was very, yeah, we'll go into it, but I, I, overall, I loved it. I think the first one, the first series, uh, felt like each episode was a different director. It like to the point that they, they felt very different. Um, almost to the point that it was a bit like a, an adventure a week. Whereas this one, whilst you had that, it still felt like there was a real strong story running, like arcing everything together. Yeah. But very cohesive, didn't it? So yeah, I think it's what definitely. You get that in those last two episodes of series one as well. That's where yes. it all starts to mm. yeah. present itself. Yeah. I found I thought the first series was functional, right? Um, it got me thinking, oh, okay, something really cool could come out of this. Um, but also it feels like it's not quite hit hit stride reached the potential like okay they had to get it out because they needed something new and exciting for when disney plus launched and a lot of the show kind of felt like that like the first three episodes of series one just felt like a pilot or like a movie uh, which they just edited up slightly sure. randomly yeah um and yeah i think that some of the episodes were a little bit disjointed uh in series one like the overarching narrative didn't quite work until the end. It was like, well, he's he's got the he's got the the child, he's got Baby Yoda. Now he's got to get the the fuck off the planet. Now he's just going to be kind of treading water for a bit. Now he's got to go back. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like. Whereas when you get to series two, yeah, you definitely get that adventure of the week thing, and each episode feels quite different. But you know, they, there's something about it. You go, oh, cool, that that's the vibe they're going for for this one. Mm. It's going to be this kind of story, that kind of story. Um, then you... But it but, felt more natural. I, th- yeah. I think there were, it, it was way less disjointed in, like, feeling. Mm. Um, obviously, like, you've got a different... Like, you hire different directors because you want a different voice on shit, right? You don't want, like, some Brett Ratner on <laughs> on everything. <laughs> Christ. Um, so, it, yeah, it, like, you've actually got people being creative in that. 
which is wonderful. But I think the second series, they did that, but still felt uniformed. Like the Mando still felt like the same character in all the episodes. Yeah. Um, I also thought like there was more humor from the Mando character as well in series two. Um, Series one, it was definitely like, this guy's cool and he's here to sell action figures. I I want that armor. I want it to like cosplay. Uh, I want an action figure. Like it's absolutely awesome. It's fucking cool. Um, But in series two, like, okay, cool. Like they feel like they could have some more fun with the Mandalorian character. There's more humor in it. Uh, it, it like was, was just really natural um yeah like the yeah. times when he was trying to kind of play it cool and then like for example in series two where he's like he's strapped together his ship with like duct tape and chewing gum and hope and dreams and he's <laughs> flying into like the port uh and you think he's about to just just about to stick the landing then the ship's ending just stop and he just drops into the ocean. Yeah. Uh, and like little things like that, it's like, yeah, just like take a little bit of a cool sheen off the guy because it humanizes and, him. Yeah. Do you know what I really like with that as well? Like the situation, the, the comedy is all very situational and it's all within the realms of like the character's reactions. Um, whereas if you... There's no way can to, fly we have to, is there? Uh, we have to mention it at some point, yeah. right? If you compare it to the sequel trilogy, mm. they were like, what's big at the minute? Guardians. Guard- Everyone's very quippy. Everyone's, the, let's put as many quips into Star Wars they, as they possible. Haven't, so. They haven't marvelised, yeah, the dialogue in it. I think there's, hu- there's humour in the original trilogy. There's humour in the prequels. Like, a lot of it and is it very feels, awkward. Um, but, it's, <laughs> I think, but, it's, but it feels appropriate. It's their sense of humour, right? Yeah. It's I silly. think the humour in this feels like the humour in... Like a new hope when Han Solo's on the radio to the stormtroopers when he just shoots for console. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of humor is like that stuff, which is really good and really natural. Um yeah, whereas a prequel and sequel humor is um broad, shall we say. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, yeah, I mean in the sequel movies you, you can tell like you're like, okay, yeah, this is part of the Disney machine because in the humor in Marvel movies is it's like they're all aware of how ridiculous the situation is and how silly it is to be a superhero and how yeah. that is their real life. And, yeah. and that's what the comics are like as well, to some completely. degree. Completely. Yeah. yeah. And also, Tony Stark would absolutely say those things. Yeah. Completely. Why, like, Finn would be this... What, like, the dude was a stormtrooper. There's not a single stormtrooper with personality. <laughs> like... <laughs> I was trying to remember what happened to him at the end of... Um... Well, actually, just what happened to him in the last film. And it took me a long time to really try and remember what happened, considering they sort oh. of had him in frame as the main character and then pushed him to one side. Yes. Yeah. No, they, uh, yes, yes, they wrote him out. Which is important because <laughs> Star Wars, historically, if you look at the casts, um, doesn't have enough white people in the main lead. <laughs> <laughs> so I, think, I, think, I think it was important that they had to do this again. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because yeah, for night um, film, because with uh, it's so rubbish. Because you, you you flip the argument, and you go, "There's three female characters in this entire <laughs> nine movies. Uh, everyone, calm down, because we've got a female character is the lead in like this new trilogy. Like, call your jets." Uh, at the same time, though, when it was just so poorly put together. Uh, fucking mystery box anyway we're yeah. not talking we're not talking yeah. about that well, but so, I, think, I think I think it's important Mando, to establish the fact that like by the time Mando came by the time I should say Rise of Skywalker came out I was like 
I am done with this series. I'm done with this I, franchise again. Yeah, I remember I saying to Star Wars, possibly both of you. Maybe I didn't say it to Lewis. Come, I've been scared, but <laughs> I, I don't, I, no, I'm sure I did. I remember thinking, like, do I actually really enjoy Star Wars anymore? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think over Christmas I watched Empire Strikes Back again. I was like, oh no, this is absolutely brilliant. I love it. Like, yeah. give me Yoda. But there was a point in time where I was just like, I, I just don't care anymore. And even when Mandalorian was announced. It took me a long. I watched series one it before took you watching ages series to two, watch it. Um, yeah, because I just didn't care. Like I wasn't. And that it was it was Mando yeah. that got me because I felt really shortchanged. Like it was really clear that these movies were made because Disney needed to recoup some bucks. Right, that was all it was about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I was over it. I love Star Wars, and it felt so sad just being like, I just don't give a shit. Um, and then this this series came out and just. Nailed it. Just did all of the right things. Yeah. Um I yeah, again I felt exactly the same. I thought I I felt like when they tried to do something a bit different with The Last Jedi, that just divided people so much and the discourse was exhausting. I was like, oh man, like you, you can't, you know, yes, they did something different, but you can't you can't complain that they well you can, but it's all because it's all valid, but it's like okay, they basically remade a new hope, then they went, fuck that, let's do something different. Now you're complaining that they've not done enough uh, the same and that all this stuff which was everyone was criticised as being not very inspired in one movie, they Ooh. went, yeah, let's drop it for the next one. So then there's a the reaction, they're like, well, actually, no, we have to go back and make good on Ugh. this stuff. And it it, it was... It there's was just no conviction. Mess. Yeah. There's no conviction. Um, but I, I think the problem with that as well is that, like, obviously, let's not talk about the sequels too much, but, like... It wasn't that, oh, they're trying, you hate it, because the, the amount of shit I heard was like, oh, you hate it because it's they're trying something different. I was like, no, they can try whatever the fuck they want, provided they do it well, and they don't ruin, like, the other seven <laughs> films worth of story, <laughs> yeah, and just completely undermine everything they've set up for 40 years. I know, and like, I know and not everyone likes um, um, Last Jedi, which is fine if you don't like it. It's it's fine because it is different, but for J.J. Abrams to essentially throw a little tantrum and throw all the toys out of the cot because it wasn't what he wanted to follow up to and just um, exactly and just ignore it all is absolutely childish and pathetic. And half of it's his fucking fault for his mystery box with setting all his bollocks up and then not it actually is. knowing where it's going. Like he yeah. says, oh no, I did actually, I actually really did. This was the plan all along that the emperor was going to come back and um, we were going to reveal it in one line of dialogue at the start and in Fortnite. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, like, there's no way he didn't have a clue who um, Snoke was at all. No. Guaranteed he no. didn't. He yeah. probably, that was, uh, his plan was to uh, be hailed as like a genius for bringing Star Wars back and setting up a trilogy of lots of little plot threads and being the guy that made Star Wars feel like Star Wars again. Uh, and then he was never expected to ever come back and make good on all of that. Uh, yep. And then the moment he had to, he was like, oh, 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 God. Oh, my God, no. What, what do I do? What do I do? Um, yeah, perfect. So, yeah, I was kind of done. Um, then I, I guess we kind of blessed because we effectively got two... If, you're, if you are new to Disney Plus and don't have, like, didn't have the American version... We got two series of Mando in one year. There's going to be an extra long wait this year for the new series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember watching and going, okay, cool, this is all right. They've got a good vibe here. Um, it's because like Mando is something which actually has like the diversity of the sequel trilogy, but 
the characters are just more engaging, more interesting. Yeah, ev- they have everyone's, better chemistry. Everyone's well written. You actually yeah. you give a shit about them. You're not just told that this person is important because they're on screen a lot, and totally. that you should care about them because you see them a lot. You actually care about them because yeah. they have backgrounds and they feel like authentic, real people in in this complete make believe galaxy. I think what also helps is that they basically present you in the first end of the first episode. They go. Here's Baby Yoda, most beautiful thing ever created, <laughs> most precious thing ever made, uh, all that is good and pure in the world, encapsulated in this tiny little, uh, I was going to say, uh, we don't know what race he is, in a tiny little Yoda, and all that matters is keeping him safe. And I'm like, I'm invested, I'm in, yep. I feel this. This is why I want to be Mandalorian, because it's my duty to keep him safe. And... That's all they need. That's literally all you need to get someone involved. Like, just mm-hmm. give give them something that feels like it's worth uh, investing your time in, and that's going to yeah. be what happens to this little dude. Like, nothing complicated. Complicated. Obviously, as the show goes on, they kind of get into the mystery of like his origins, where he came from, and it's all it's very satisfying. But it's exactly what you expect it to be, and I think it's important to realize that like sometimes you don't need a swerve, you don't need a plot twist. Or anything like that. Sometimes it can be the thing which actually was kind of signposted. Or if you have watched these movies, then you are rewarded for knowing that. And I yeah. think that's one of the cool things. You go when because I think eventually I don't know what episode it is in series two. Again, we're, we're getting to this biggest spoilers here. But the plot of series one effectively is Mandalorian Mando finding Baby Yoda and protecting him from the remnants of the Empire who want to capture him and experiment on him because he's the only other Yoda and also he has force he's force sensitive he has abilities Mm -hmm. so I presume they have some sort of genetic experiment they want to try to try and you know use that to rebuild the empire um series two is basically about him trying to find other Mandalorians to aid him in his quest to kind of find out where baby Yoda has to go to deliver him to another Jedi yep. uh, so that he can be trained uh, in the ways of the force or but that's the basic gist of it. Real simple, uh, you yeah. know, the classic like lone walking cub. Uh, yeah, that's exactly you know, what I was about road, to say. You know, it's a um, real, real simple story. But what it does is like, because it knows, you know, hey, you guys invested years in Star Wars, you know, this point, what's going on with the timeline, the Jedi order of fallen um the empire have fallen um we know that like all the jedi are pretty much dead at this point uh and so it's gonna be a really hard task to find anyone to look after this little guy but you know you start to put the piece together like okay well if he's still a little young guy and he's a little yoda and they lived for a thousand years that means he would have been x amount of years old with the prequel stuff like that and it plays out as you expect but it rewards you for that prior knowledge um, whereas I feel like the sequel trilogies punish you for having messaged your time. <laughs> I felt like I had done something wrong for knowing how these characters relate to each other. But I felt that that I was wrong to have done that, that I had committed some sort of crime and that I needed to be punished for having invested... 25 years of my life into liking Star Wars. <laughs> um, well, that, that actually makes me, that, that brings me to a question then. So for me, um, 
obviously, you know, big fan of Chrome Wars and Rebels and all these extracurricular, uh, wider things from the universe. Did you guys meet in characters like Bo-Katan and Ahsoka not having watched all of that? Did that still have some gravity for you? Like, I'm sure, I'm guessing you didn't know all about those characters going in and it didn't feel like um, you're missing out? I didn't know anything about the the other Mandalorians that he meets. Well, except for one, obviously. But in terms of those <laughs> in terms of those three, I didn't really have a clue. But I thought they explained it all quite well. It was very clear to me. Mm. Shadow Vendetta against Giancarlo and uh that's not his character name, but that's the actor. <laughs> uh, and that um you know, she needed to get the sword back and they did a good job of that. And but I knew about the Jedi just because of just for osmosis of other Star Wars yeah. stuff and the internet in general, like referenced all the time. Um, but yeah, I've never, I've never seen any of the Clone Wars, but I knew when, when they cast Rosario Dawson, everyone was, there was lots of people say, Oh, maybe she's playing this character. Yeah. And I just knew from like the merchandise and like, that was the one character everyone was saying, Oh, this, this character is fantastic in the Clone Wars. Like her arc's amazing. She's a great character, yeah. and you know it'd be cool if she if she made her way into the actual movies or the show, or whatever. Um, so when she showed up, also just looking amazing, the special effects, everything, all the looked incredible, so good. Um, it it it, it was great. Uh, I love. I specifically love that episode because Michael Bean was in it as well. Yeah, and and he had a fucking a pump action blaster. Yeah, for close encounters. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's literally that's the coolest of course they're going to give him a pump action blaster yeah um i didn't know about the other mandalorians led by uh katie sackoff from uh who plays starbuck in battlestar galacta yeah. it's so cool she's in this <laughs> but because i was a huge uh battlestar galactica fan and i loved her starbuck in it i was immediately like yeah cool I, i'm into her. she's got cool armor looks awesome just kicking ass um and also like we already know there's other Mandalorians in the galaxy. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that he comes across others. We also know that Boba Fett is still kicking about, uh, which we haven't explained. But again, that's that's kind of the fun of it, which is going to lead, I guess, into other series. But um, it's weird that Boba Fett comes back and that makes more sense than Palpatine coming back. Yeah. Do, do you know why? Because it was planned and written well. <laughs> uh, imagine if they'd have gone somehow. I get it. Really think, it just, somehow Boba Fett's back and he was in his armour and just doing Boba Fett things. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think uh, another thing is, well, yeah, the fact that when Boba Fett comes back into it, uh, it's, a, it's a little cliffhanger anyway. So we know he's going to show yeah. up. Also... He is like scarred as fuck. You can tell he's been through some shit and he doesn't even have his Boba Fett armor. The first episode is like, hey, um, handsome cowboy dude from... <laughs> so funny when he turns up with the, and it, the armor doesn't fit him at all. Yeah, uh, so Timothy Olyphant is yeah. great. It's so funny. Yeah, when Timothy Olyphant shows up and it's like, it's like, hey, how did you get that armor? Uh, okay, cool. There's, there's a mystery there. There's a story there. Um, but you know the fact that like Boba Fett is scarred to hell doesn't have his armor that okay cool he he has gone through some shit that's all and that's all you need to know it's not like say palpatine returning and also he's got an entire fleet of ships at his disposal <laughs> and he's somehow been able to create some clone which is like operating from the other side of the game like oh, you know like, he comes <laughs> I forgot he comes back yeah he, he comes back um boba fett but it's not like he's somehow doing great for himself 
The last time we saw him, he was thrown into the pit of the Sarlacc. And we see him again. He looks like he's just crawled out of the pit of the Sarlacc. Yeah. You know? And also they um, show him and then they don't go back to him for another, what, three, four episodes? Yeah. Which I thought was awesome restraint on their part. Because yep. a lot of TV shows, I think, would immediately pick up from that cliffhanger in episode one. Yeah. And I don't think he's in episode two at all. I think it, I, it just felt it, it felt like they took their time with everything. Mm. They weren't in a rush to just get to the finish line, right? Whereas Rise of Skywalker was just a race to the end. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar Isaac and John Berger just like, uh, is my contract officially done yet? It's like we got like two more takes. Okay. <laughs> like they look like they're spending more time thinking about like craft services off in the corner than they are. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah, what's going on in the movie? Yeah, I did really like so series two I thought was absolutely amazing. I feel my only pet pet peeve and again I like what they did with all the characters they brought into it. Like Boba Fett and the Jedi and um the Mandalorians. But specifically with Boba Fett and well, I'll just say it, Luke turning up at the end and having the Jedi from um Clone Wars in it. Um I can never remember her name. Um it before that point, the Mandalorian felt like its own Star Wars story. Okay. And it, was, it felt very refreshing that they were just having this adventure off away from the main stuff. Like obviously, Stormtroopers and all that are in there, but it felt like its own thing. And yeah. then I feel like Star Wars' problem is sometimes it has all this universe, but they just keep making it feel incredibly... They make it feel a lot smaller than it should feel because you have these recurring characters that keep popping up all so, the time. And again, I really like what they did with those characters, but like, again, it's my problem, like, they've fallen order because I know Darth Vader's going to turn up in it. It's like they can't... It, yeah. It's almost like they're afraid to um, to just to let just things have its own story. Else, yeah. um, and like, it did kind of a little... Again, I, I loved... I, can't say how much I enjoyed series two of Mandalorian. Some of them felt like backdoor pilots for their own TV shows, which was then confirmed later on. And it just felt a little, it it was all very well handled, but it did feel like uh, maybe the universe is really small because they keep referring to the film, the main films as like the Skywalker saga. Mm. Yeah. But I don't really see any difference at this point between that overall. I know there are some like the Skywalkers, but it just feels a bit small for me. Yeah, but Luke turning up was, was fucking cool, though. Are you saying at some point <laughs> we're going to have like a um, Shroop Farms style uh, episode <laughs> with uh, with yeah. Boba Fett? Can you imagine? <laughs> well, um, that's yeah, and that's, um, he's, uh, he's actually say, trying to run a uh, a uh, Airbnb from Jabba's palace. I'd fucking love that. <laughs> he just turns it into to an Airbnb. I did love. <laughs> I loved them having Luke pop up. Um, so because he said a single X-wing turned up, I was like. Yeah, mm, and also, I'm just going to say now. I think people are fucking spoiled with the quality of TV show and special effects that they're getting. Because <laughs> um, obviously Luke turns up and he's young because it's um, you know set after mm. Return of the Jedi. I thought it was fine for what it was. It was a five minute scene. Fine. He turns up. It was a fine. fucking TV show, and people are expecting it to be like fucking <laughs> Avatar two or something in terms of how realistic the CGI is going to be. It, it, it was a really weird thing to level. I thought. Uh, given yeah, everything else that's gone on in the TV show and where we're I, at now, I think um, my thoughts on the uh, the ending of Luke like I I loved it. I, I thought the and he's ep- not dead like Peter Cushing is, so yeah, it wasn't faceless. <laughs> so a couple of things that I uh, I really liked was um, yeah the sheer diversity in like action type 
scenarios are in. Yep. Each episode, for the most part, is like a little mini action movie. Oh, I love the frog woman different, as well. They're all kind of different genres. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. Like, so uh, someone pointed out to me that the very first, like, one, the little the little things, the things that the, they do, like, in the first episode, they have, uh, you know, you actually see Mando talking, interacting with sand people. Mm. Yeah. And that's the most you ever, ever see of, like, their culture. Yeah. So it's like, really yeah, they, yeah, it's like, yeah, they actually had, like, the hero in, interacting with, like, the indigenous people of, like, these planets. That's really cool. Yeah. And the way they all came together, you know, uh, even though the sound people got the worst of the brunt of that giant worm. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, in the second episode, it's, like, something as simple as, like, just protecting, like, a... Uh, you know, you, you were really invested in the story of this, like, this pregnant woman just being reunited with her husband on another planet. And yeah. the fact that, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not literally a pregnant woman, but like, that's a, you know, the surrogate for it, this like frog lady with like her spawn in the tank. And I've never seen that in a Star Wars film. Yeah. Before. And like, that's a really small story in there, isn't it? It's just like a small story about just someone trying to get to their partner with something, holding on to something incredibly precious to them. Uh, and it's a matter of life and death without it having to be, Okay, and also we're going to blow up all of these planets and we've attached a Star Destroyer onto the bot. We've rigged it like NOS in Fast and the Furious onto the bottom of every Star Destroyer. Um, and the show had lots of little moments like that. Um, with the Luke Skywalker thing, I know what you mean, Dan. Like, um, yeah, Star Wars is really guilty of like, okay, cool, like uh, Yoda's going to go to this planet and oh, hey, there's Chewbacca there. And it turns out Chewbacca was really, you know, important to this bit of the Clone Wars. Or like Han Solo is going to run, is, when he's a youngster, is going to run into, you know, um, Grand Moff Tarkin uh, in like a truck stop bathroom or something like that. They have them have piss next to each other and he's a bit rude to him or something like that. It's like, it's like, bu- it's bullshit like that. It's like the happenstance for all these characters come together. Yeah. And it does make the world seem a lot smaller. Whereas I think with the Luke Skywalker thing, one, Baby Yoda specifically calls out to him. Oh yeah, that right? makes sense. I wasn't really Luke part of sense. what I was... Yeah. But also, I think, two, another thing I liked about it, one, we actually see Luke being peak Jedi, which we've never seen before. We've never seen him be like his most absolute badass, like he is a Jedi it master was... as a young man. Mm-hmm. It was the, like, what, the two minutes that he was in this episode was more Luke Skywalker than we got to see in, like, two films. Yeah. We got yeah. to see, the, and, like, Luke, be Luke. He was fucking badass. Yeah, and that, it, that it just felt feel, natural. But, yeah, the Luke bit wasn't really part of what I thought was making it a small universe. Because, yeah. like you say, they, they, who, who, who's he going to contact? Of course, it's, it would be, yeah. looking back on it now, it would be really disappointing if it wasn't Luke. Now that I've got mm. the whole show... Can you imagine if someone turned up at that moment? It was just a well, random. I think if it had been Luke and if if it been Luke and he was like with like a young uh, Ben Solo, uh, uh, yeah, that would have been. Then I'd be like, okay, yeah, this is all a bit too much. <laughs> also, what what I like about it is the fact that like the events of the previous movies are kind of folklore now in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Luke Skywalker yeah. you get isn't like, oh, Luke Skywalker, so thank God. It's like, who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> like, yeah. They're like, oh, sh- is he is he a Jedi? Are they a thing? Oh my god! Like it's and it's just like like sort of like it makes him seem like a legend because it's like he literally just turns up 
gets the job done. He absolutely like, fucks up those yeah. uh, dark troopers. It's so like, cool. Hey guys, bye guys, and like people are like you ever see Jedi? It's like yeah, one time this fucking dude turned up and murdered these robots <laughs> and saved us all. Didn't even say, didn't even ask for thanks, and then just fucked off again. And he had so like is, a robot hand. It was great. This is why. <laughs> this is why I like it, and I think that the the. I know what you mean, Dan, about like sometimes the universe being smaller. I, I don't agree with Yoda and Chewbacca knowing each other. That's absolutely fine. He was there to protect Kashyyyk under the order of the Republic. That's absolutely fine. Um, I Yeah, I think that they made sense in this, though, because we know that there's, there's like oh, three really Jedi well. out there. There's a couple of Jedi out there at the minute. So when um, Grogu was calling out to a Jedi, I thought, I was like, well, shit, there's one of two people that's going to hear. It's going to be Ezra from Rebels. <laughs> give a fuck um, <laughs> or it could be Luke Skywalker and that's super fucking exciting then I think with Ahsoka it made sense they were looking for a Jedi she's technically not a Jedi anymore but is the closest thing to one and Boba Fett made sense because he's another Mandalorian uh, and I, I, I think I think it, it didn't feel like it was making it smaller with those choices I see what you mean about them like definitely setting up some other series mm. But I, I think they all felt like they had their place. It wasn't mm. like in Rogue One, uh, Pando Baba and Dr. Everzan bumping into them like, hey, you'll be sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, yeah. And it, again, this is done really well. So I think it's more of a bigger issue. I have a Star Wars in general, not necessarily yeah. specifically the Mandalorian thing. Another, another thing I like as well that they do really, again, the small stories though, it is when the episodes with Bill Burr in it, uh, where he, but he and Mando without his mask, uh, yeah. are sat talking to um, the uh, I don't know what his rank was, but they're at, like an imperial base, and they're, they're kind of talking about like you know some of the battles they were in during like the wars between like the rebels and the empire, and how there's like a lot of scars from that still and PTSD. And like these guys who are left over are absolute fanatics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you get the other guy who, you know, refuses to surrender and says he'll never forgive the rebels for the amount of, for, you know, all of the, um, all the people who died on the Death Star and stuff like that. Yeah. And even though these are huge events in Star Wars and like they're mentioned, what I like about it, also um, Gina Cron is like tattoo, all the people she lost on, uh, yeah. whatever Alderaan. planet it was, Alderaan, yeah. Uh, and I love the fact they're talking about huge events in the Star Wars universe that we know off by heart, um, but like the little ripple effect of those, how they actually mm-hmm. affect people on an everyday basis, like having to lose not just like your family, your home, your entire fucking planet, <laughs> uh, or like think- all those all those colleagues you know that you've built something with, like even if it's a fucking Star Destroyer, you're so indoctrinated you think it's the right thing to do anyway, but like then all those people dying, right? Um, I like the little, like, the kind of human impact on that because you don't really see that a lot in Star Wars. Usually it's like, yes, we did it. Roll credits. Then on to the next adventure. Yeah, and I think what what that really speaks to as well, that this does amazingly, that we haven't had much opportunity to see in Star Wars, is that it's a really small story. And he's just found a a child and he's trying to reunite them like yeah cool luke skywalker's in it but that's he's just there because of that story mm-hmm. they're not trying to save the galaxy 
they're trying to save a child. So we, we get to see all these kind of smaller stories and other little characters who play a tiny, tiny role in the galaxy. And it's not all geared up about saving the galaxy. Oh, blowing up an entire galaxy. Yeah. Do you know having yeah, no, do you know having what I mean? no impact, it's... this actually has impact and weight to it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's nice to have a more grounded little story. And my biggest fear is that, which I don't think they'll do, I've got absolute all faith in, um, in the guys behind it, mm. but my biggest fear is that they started to tie in a little bit of this cloning stuff. It's like, oh, this is going to be for fucking Palpatine and Snoke. I don't want them to go anywhere near the First Order and that shit, and I want them to just go completely off for the third series, go and do their thing, forget the Skywalker saga completely. Yeah, I don't actually still understand. I'm not going to ever look it up, um, so don't, don't at me. I still don't understand the First Order and how they came to be. This is a much more realistic version of it so far. Yeah. They're, they're it's like, like yeah. stay-behind networks rather than... Um, full-on fully operating armies you know they're like the equivalent of like um the nazis hiding in like argentina or something or south america (laughs) and like trying to uh somehow thinking that they can you know uh form like the third reich again from all the way in south america It's, it's that kind of thing like um what did we think of uh giancarlo esposito as um the villain of the show uh, just, I love him. I think he's. Was it? I can't remember. Do we talk about this before? But is oh, I must have talked about it here because I haven't really talked to anybody. <laughs> uh, but he's so interesting as an actor because in recent years, since Breaking Bad, yeah, yeah. did we talk about it in the podcast? We did, but, but go on. Yeah, but, but, okay, but, but since Breaking Bad onwards, his persona seems to very much more be the quiet, well-spoken. Um, sort of cold uh, mm-hmm. sort of uh, antagonist I guess who doesn't who's scary because he doesn't need to raise his voice or um, he's very self-assured of how he operates there's a lot of his earlier acting performances especially as we said before um, do the right thing he's just an absolute ball of energy just bouncing off of the set and it, it's just so fascinating and just shows you what a good actor he, he is I think that he can do that um, I, I think he's really really great in this but I also think he does enough to differentiate from um, Gus Fring in Breaking Bad as well. Yes. There are points in this where he just loses his temper. Um, I was going to say that. Yeah. He's a lot yeah. angrier. Which is really, I, I, really especially, as you, especially as the walls start to close in on him. Yeah. Um, the last, the last towards episode. Last episode yeah. yeah. To the point where he literally tries to blow his own brains out uh, rather than like face the consequences. <laughs> Yep, never seen that in a Star Wars film, I don't think either. But... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, actions, there's multiple thought... suicides in this. <laughs> yeah. And I <sighs> thought I thought that was um I thought that was really cool. Um obviously he is well we don't I guess he's been maybe arrested, taken in. We don't really know what's happened to him because we don't get a huge amount of that wider sort of bigger um I imagine Jim right? will bring him in to make up for yeah. going off piece from um, the sheriff. I, I guarantee he'll take Oh, I was going to say, you were talking about backdoor pilots. Uh, Rosario Dawson's character in it. Um, with the t- uh, yeah. Soka. Soka, yeah. Obviously, they drop... The, her, she's chasing after uh, Admiral... Thrawn. Yeah. Yep. Fuck and yeah. I don't know whether... Yeah, and I was like, oh, yes, that feels like it could also be a ba- uh, its own show, which, again, I'll, I'll watch that. Um, but yeah, uh, and also, obviously, there's uh, Boba Fett's... Was it, is it the Book of Boba Fett? The book of, so ridiculous what a great title i love it so much 
I was, and you guys might remember this, when there was talk about spin-off Star Wars films and they mm. said we're going to do a Boba Fett film, mm. I was so fucking against it. Yeah, so, so was I. And, and I'm one of those people that loves Boba Fett for no real reason, other than he's just cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was so, I was so against that. Then they said we're doing a Boba Fett TV series, and I was super against that. Uh, and because of how well they've done him, I couldn't be more excited about a but, fucking Boba Fett TV series. Yeah, that final it. shot. <laughs> yeah. It, um, it, it feels so good. cool. It really does, you know. Um, I so, loved how fat Jabba's mate got from after taking over. Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna, that's it. Yeah. How, how fucking fat they made him from obviously just living off the spoils of, which makes you wonder if like at one point Jabba was really ripped. Uh, yeah, then, absolutely. And then also fell into that trap of just like indulgence and decadence. <laughs> um, that was a really swap, nice touch. It's what the throne in Jabba's palace does to a man, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, before we, uh, I was going to sort of like kind of, I'm trying to think if there's any sort of like major points in the show that we, we kind of haven't covered. We've got, we've been a bit sort of like scatter shot with our feelings, but I think I like the fact that we've kind of covered things in broad strokes for people who uh, maybe are on the fence about watching uh, it and, you know, hopefully our excitement kind of uh, catches on a little bit. Yeah, and we, will... uh, we, we promote this. Uh, Disney property that's struggling. <laughs> I think the broad strokes is a good one though, because there might be people on the fence like we were, or at least like I was mm. beforehand. Um, I will say in terms of plotting, it does tick. Uh, Cause I watched series one and two pretty much all in one go almost. Cause I think when I finished series one, series two, I'd had two episodes out. Yeah. Uh, overall, it does tick a lot of sort of um, tropes for me, but I just love in TV shows. So it had like a ragtag, group of people having to work together but don't really get along necessarily um it had him joining a team of criminals to break out another criminal from a prison yeah. that's yeah, always yeah. one of my favorite things including richard Iwade as a robot which is always yes. <laughs> always a good time um it also had like ridiculous like ridiculous men having like codes of honor but that they, they have, have to like, stick to yeah they have, like of- sta- they have a stagecoach style western yep type episode you know and yeah they have like a kind of um the equivalent of like a a train robbery or heist, right? Which is yeah, also basically like Unforgiven with uh, um, essentially Boba Fett being a wandering lone old man. He didn't even have his armor and he's just battering people with a stick. Um, <laughs> but because of his code of honor, he had to wait until he could get his armor back to really say who he was. Um, and then instead of fucking off, he, and f- after finally getting what he wants after years, uh, jeopardizes all that to help out a guy who saved his life because it's part yes. of the sort of I know I love it I love any time like it's in so these shows good. where someone's code of honour could get them killed but they have to do it because it's the right thing I love it's when um, they don't like recognise him as like a proper Mandalorian because they know he's a clone yep yeah but yep. they recognise his voice as well Tamara Morrison like, is such a brilliant actor um, I'm really yeah. happy to see him get his own get TV that, show and get that Disney cha-ching he's, he's, he is a really really just fantastic actor um, in I don't know if anyone's seen Once Were Warriors. Um, yeah. I only watched it once, so I'm probably never going to watch it again. Um, but he's absolutely phenomenal in that. And to see him go from that to Star Wars and then probably be a bit overlooked in Star Wars, despite the fact he's technically in it as like several billion characters. Um, <laughs> to see him get his own spotlight in this show is just excellent because he's, he's fantastic in it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there um, was there's an amazing post I saw that was it was someone talking about like I don't know fucking Jared Leto or someone just had a series of pictures. It had it had like a series of pictures of 
of him. It's like, do you know even know anyone that can play so many characters? Oh, <laughs> someone just put a picture. Posts. Someone put a picture of Tamara Morrison. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, said, yeah, which check him out. He's playing a hundred thousand right here with a million more well on the way. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I hate that um, trend of like, um, look how diverse. But basically, all it is is look how many different costumes X actor. Has worn. <laughs> Especially an actor like Jared Leto, who is an actor who his entire like repertoire is just affectations yep yeah right? like he, he doesn't even like you don't even cut his hair for a role anymore <laughs> he's not an actor of in subtext is he he's a, <laughs> subtext is a coward um, <laughs> i think at some point dare i say it we might have to do an episode on the, the fucking snyder cut well, that's all we got time League. for this week um, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you've got no authority um, jim no authority so b- before we no before... authority jim street <laughs> no authority <laughs> Read the you rules. will read them and you will understand, uh, understand them. them. <laughs> no, we don't. I'm in charge. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the Jedi Council meetings go. Uh, that's why they fucked up. It was too much. Uh, that's, that's exactly why they didn't spot Order 66 <laughs> until it happened. Yeah. You, you know, there's got to be like, if, if they've not done it in Clone Wars yet, they need to bring it back. They need to do a Jedi Council meeting. Where, because everyone's like off in the field in different theaters of combat, that they're all video calling in as holograms, <laughs> <laughs> like they're arguing over like who's chairing it. <laughs> um. So, uh, I was going before we get to like any final thoughts uh, on Mando series two, other than bring on series three and the book of Boba Fett. Um, I was gonna say, how are we feeling about? Because right after Mando aired, I think even before it had finished, Disney had that insane video call was meant to be for oh, investors fuck. where they just announced um an absolute slew of properties uh and the sort of timeline for releasing them and they they had the marvel stuff where there was absolute tons but a lot of it was what we kind of knew was coming anyway and then the star wars one is where they dropped yeah. a whole load of stuff uh, and uh Lewis, i'm really interested in you know as someone who loves good star wars uh, and, and can't get enough of good Star Wars. Like, how do you feel about that slate of programming? So I think we, like, basically, it depends on the people that are announcing this, I feel very differently about. So when you've got, like, Kevin Feige, it's like, oh, cool, we know that you've had this really solid run. We know that you've got someone checking in over, like, consistency among this huge universe with the Marvel flicks that I know that it's almost like a, a seal of quality, right? It's like, okay, cool, I trust you to do whatever you're doing. Oh, cool, you're doing Moon Knight. I didn't think Moon Knight would be <laughs> a thing for ages. That's sick. With Star Wars, it was very, I, I just feel like they might have read the wrong thing. So with the films, they were like, oh, people don't like these because maybe it's because we have minorities. So we'll give minorities the smaller parts. But no, no, that, well, that's completely wrong. Uh, then it, they just changed. Like, it, it felt like those films were written by like fucking focus groups or something. Mm. So now that The Mandalorian is doing really, really good, I feel that I'm just a little bit cautious that they haven't taken away why it's doing so good and that all they see is, oh, people didn't like the films because it's not a TV series. Yeah. So they've just announced like 40 TV series. Like, no, we didn't like it because you could watch half an hour chunks. We liked it because it was well written, it was well acted, and it was just perfectly executed and there was actually like care that had gone into making it. I think with the Marvel stuff, every single thing that they announced, you kind of see where the pieces of the puzzle come together. And you know what it's leading up to and why they they bring in this character now. And like, we know now why, okay, cool, we've got 
every single person who ever even sort of read a Spider-Man comic has been cast in this third Spider-Man movie. And we know why, because there's also a Doctor Strange movie coming up called The Multiverse of Madness, yep. right? We, we, you can see the pieces being laid on the, you know, uh, the pieces of the puzzle coming together. With Star Wars, it they've announced a lot of stuff, but I feel like, okay, cool. Like, I guess it's between the two universes, right? Everything with Marvel is always building towards something. Star yes. Wars has become, is maybe a little, it, you know... We're not going to get, well, I mean, we might do actually, the way things are going. But I was going to say, it's not like it's going to build to an Avenger-style crossover. But to be honest, it, it may very well do that. Mm. But it definitely feels like they're like throwing a lot of stuff. It's like a Lando TV series, for example. I'm like, that's... Uh, who cares? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's Yeah, I'm looking through I'm like, them now because there's so I, many that I I'm, forgot. Um, I don't also I what, I'm most Star Wars, The Acolyte. You know, um, um, isn't that the? Oh, no, that's not the Jedi spinoff. Because um, obviously they're doing the Obi Wan thing with you and McGregor, mm. which have been on about for ages. It's good. But also I'm looking they, forward to that. Yeah, what I'm really interested about is they've announced they're bringing back um, Hay- Hayden Christensen. Yeah, for that. Yeah, but I'm very confused as to what capacity. I th- he, I think it'll be flashbacks because Liam Neeson's well, I was also thinking that, rumored so for it as well. De-age him. Yeah, because which we, which we know is kind of fine now. Well, that's yeah, I guess, but it just seems like a very odd move. Uh, I'm wonder, happy for him, I guess, but I actually wonder if uh, some flashbacks, if he is just going to be playing Darth Vader going forwards. I don't I don't think or so. maybe because, he's a Force Ghost because we know that the Force yeah. Ghost looks like um. Anakin, I, not, not. I, I that because I feel like Darth Vader is going to show up in some of this stuff going they can't forward. Help themselves. Exactly, and it <laughs> makes sense. And the fact that um, James Earl Jones, like, he's obviously getting on in years. Uh, it's very unlikely he will, um, you know, perform the character again. Uh, his voice has aged for one. You know, um, mm-hmm. it, 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 he sounds frail when he when he does it. Um, and it makes me wonder if they will actually just go cool when we have Darth Vader let's get Hayden Christian in he can be the physical Darth Vader we dub the originals keep it all I I don't think that they will at all because like there's no why why would they pay Hayden Christensen, who would be more money than I think it was I think it was (laughs) I think it was Spencer Wilding who did it in Rogue One they've already got someone to play the Vader body see now that was a good cameo (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was sick fuck me um, but Hayden Christian isn't he doesn't have that body shape anyway it's like there's. I can't see any reason that they would get him to be Vader yeah and I think people are genuinely <laughs> people more have been excited. saying that since Attack of a Clone <laughs> <laughs> but I think people are genuinely more excited to see Hayden Christensen play the Anakin Skywalker we know but given more to work with and like yeah, being, like being, being given an opportunity because like the character in the Clone Wars is amazing. They really like dumb him down and simplify his whole thing in the prequels. So it'd be nice to fill that gap and kind of give Hayden Christensen another go. I'd be like, here you go, dude. Like you, you know, you do this. You've always mm. wanted this. You do it. Yeah. So I mean, obviously Obi Wan's gonna be absolutely racked with guilt in this show, presumably. Yeah. Um. So it'd be really interesting to see how he gets from where he is at the end of Revenge of the Sith to um, 
presumably that's what he's going to cover to where he is when he meets Luke. When he meets Luke, he's almost completely shut off yep. from everybody, isn't he? He's. Um, I like that it's a limited series as well, that we already know that they're going to tell a story and it's going to have an ending. Yeah. But he didn't announce any C-3PO stuff, did they? Uh, yeah. Was, it an anime? <laughs> Was that the animated show? Uh, I think yeah, so. Is, is that, the, one, is that the, one, uh, the Bad Batch? Yeah. The Droid Story. Just the keep Droid them, Story. Just yeah. keep them away. Yeah, it keep sounds like awake. they're doing R2's some cool. almost like Pixar-type shorts or something as well. From, from I don't know. Star Wars Visions, maybe. I think that's maybe their, like... Um, oh, and, you know, their uh, From a Certain Point of View type story. I'm not I mean, sure. That as a TV show. That'd be fun. Because that would that be great. That would be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff I really want to... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, See. To be well, yeah, it's like the um, you know, to be like the guy who cleans the toilet on the Death Star, right? Yeah. Uh, someone, <laughs> had, someone had. To, well, no, a droid probably did it, but someone had to maintain that droid. Give me another because um, I like the Saturday Night Live sketch where Adam Driver was doing undercover boss. Uh, <laughs> on that, give me something like that with Darth Vader. He's yeah. like in a wig and, <laughs> and a moustache. Yeah. On his yeah we, we forget. We forget that like Kylo Ren had a day today, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what. Yeah, but, that's what's so funny about that undercover boss sketch. It's just him in a it, ship long wig. <laughs> it's one of the only bits that I actually enjoyed of Rise of Skywalker. Was actually like my favorite bits of like you know those board meetings where you get all of like the admirals and the generals. Then you get this big brooding Sith Lord there as well, yeah. <laughs> making everyone feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, not wearing a uniform. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, cool, right? First of all, it's like, guys, I don't want to warn you, but there's a fucking cultist in the yeah. corner there, <laughs> and he's got a laser sword that he can choke people. He's communicating like, some with his mind. And like, we have so much on this week's agenda. I, I, I know. I know the first order of business he's going to get fucking pissed off about something and he's going to kill someone and we're not Don't even going to get mother. we're not even going to get round to covering up that fucking exa- exhaust vent on the yeah. Death Star like it's been on the main to-do list and we just haven't because Darth Vader chokes a fucker every time he, t- he turns up late he chokes a dude and we are not getting any work done <laughs> Um, Visions is a anthology anime series cool uh, okay. from various different Japanese animation uh, studios that present a different cultural perspective to Star Wars cool, um, cool. especially going full seen... circle from that being George Lucas's vision of Japanese yeah. samurai uh, yeah, I, was gonna say, I think we've already seen a pretty uh, <laughs> solid view of the Japanese from the point of the Star Wars universe <laughs> Uh, so I don't know why we're treading all ground here. And one last question before we wrap things up: um, How with, with Star Wars being like so much more like, like just hitting that cultural uh, wave on TV or on streaming more so than it has done with movies, and the fact that other than uh, Rogue Squadron being announced by uh, you know Patty Jenkins of mm. Wonder Woman fame directing, they've been very quiet in terms of their film plans. There was talk of a ryan johnson uh trilogy before um the last jedi came out there was talk of a D of game of thrones trilogy until the last series of game of thrones came out but um, ryan johnson i imagine he probably went fuck this yeah can, can you imagine especially after making um knives out can you imagine having to put up with um certain aspects of the star wars fandom for free movies no matter what you right, do yeah I do, I, if I was him, I'd be like, no, fuck off. That's. I, I, also don't think he, I, I also don't think he's the right guy for it. I don't think he's... Like, I don't think... I think it's impossible now. I think if he made a film, yeah. it would not get fairly treated mm. at all. 
I no, yeah. and I agree with that. I, I do agree with that. I think uh, if if they and they won't say no because that you know they're Disney dudes, but if they are going to do another trilogy, like it's just such an easy win to give it to um, Dave Fellini and John Favreau. Yep. Whether it be one of them, you know, writing, directing, producing, just as long as those guys are the Kevin Feige type, and that should be Dave Fellini's role. He should be the Kevin Feige of of Star Wars who just oversees it, right? I think, Lewis, you've talked about this um, a lot. Yeah. You're passionate about his contributions to the universe. Uh, but yeah, he, I feel like he, he should he be the guy to, to do it. That's the thing more than anything is that he, like, he is a Star Wars nerd. He fucking loves it. But I think although sometimes to a detriment that he wants to try all of these crate, like he's very excitable and he's like, yeah, what if, I don't know, what if this guy had eight Jedi arms and each one had a lightsaber and he gets really into that. Whereas I think John Favreau is that perfect person to just be like, look, I know how to make successful films. Let me curb some of that. You keep that passion and you pick me up where I'm wrong and you tell me what these characters mean and what their intention should be and you let me understand this universe and I'll just keep this on the track to kind of fit a little bit more with like what we would expect from mainstream cinema. I, I agree. I think John Favreau's strengths aren't in blockbusters. Um, I feel like his, for me, his most successful films at work are... Um, uh, Elf, obviously. These are yeah. all like fairly big budgeted, but they're not big scoped. Uh, yeah. Elf and Chef as well, I think, yeah, which is quite a small that. human story. Um, and obviously he, he made hits out of Disney remakes, but that's kind of because they were Disney remakes. Yeah. Um, and even Iron Man 1, for, if you look at it now, it's quite a small scope. quaint. It, it, it feels yeah. like an episode of a Mandalorian. Like, yeah, and I, yeah. No, exactly. And I, I feel that's what's so good about him. Not that he shouldn't direct films anymore, but I feel like he works much better on a smaller mm. scale for me, storytelling-wise and everything else, than he does on, with, a, with a big one. So I feel like he's perfect for this. The reason why the MCU is what it is is because the tone of the dialogue and the relationship between the characters and their interactions that was set from Iron Man 1 mm -hmm. and that worked yeah. so well they adopted that for the rest yeah, of the definitely. movies and the reason why I think those movies end up work later on is because you care about the characters um, and he's he's very good at giving you characters that you actually care about I think um, yes yeah like I mean I, I rewatched Elf over Christmas talked about it. it's like it's, it's a perfect Christmas family movie it's yep. absolutely absolutely brilliant and he, he nails, you know, uh, he, he does nail that character element to it. And I think he does that with Mando. You know, you're not necessarily getting like the deepest characters, but straight away you're like, I, I know this dude. I know what mm -hmm. he's about. I like him. Yep. Um, this person looks cool. I'm into this. Yeah, let's go. Um, and it, all, it all kind of makes sense. Um, it's the idea now of Star Wars being like a cinema type thing, partly because of the pandemic, just feels weird. I know. Because it, yeah. like, it feels like maybe they've found that actually TV probably works a little bit better and they can give everyone a little bit of what they want rather than having to put out one to a trilogy of movies that has to completely define the franchise. Yeah, and I think Rogue Squadron being announced as a film is very smart as well in, in the same vein because I feel like if you're going to do that, you want it on the big screen and you're going to yeah. want it big and I don't mm. feel like... TV is going to really give you the same impact because so, presumably it's going to be lots of space battles and, you know, yeah. Top Gun in the Star Wars universe type deal. And I feel like that's just going to be much more effective. Exactly. I feel like it's going to be much <laughs> yeah. more effective on the big screen 
than it would in a TV show. Because with a TV show, you'd have all the training stuff, but unless you had an insane, insane budget, you're never going to quite get the same level of space fights and stuff, I don't think. I hope they play in Rogue Squad, but I hope there is like a beach volleyball scene. Yep. Where, yeah, Kenny, Lo- where Kenny Loggins sings like playing with the droids and instead of a yes, volleyball, it's like it. a BB-8. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get in touch with um, um, Patty Jenkins to let her know? Sorry, my, <laughs> uh, my uncle who works at Nintendo, uh, he, his uncle, uh, my great uncle, works at Disney. So uh, Cool. I'll well, and Rogue yeah. Squadron came out on the N64. This is all... Perfectly Perfect. lined up. There yeah. you go. You've got the right All people the pieces involved. of what I like to call the puzzle are falling into place. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, but I, th- cool. yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think, like, it's also. Uh, we don't. We definitely don't need any more, like, Skywalker saga, right? Because they're. They're all dead. Uh, <laughs> and they, and they mm, were, are they? Because at the end of well, Rise of Skywalker, uh, yeah. some rando I mean, says, you? What, are you? What's your are fucking you? surname? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Classic greeting any um, stranger would give you. And I think the problem with them as well is that like, they felt that, they, that in order to be a bigger success, the film needed to be bigger. So what better way then instead of having a Death Star or a second Death Star, what we'll do is we'll have 5,000 Death Stars and that's, <laughs> that will make it better cinema. So I'm glad that it could just fuck that off entirely. Just go yep. and tell these little stories. Yeah. And like not everything has to be about saving the entire fucking galaxy all the time. Yeah, and I think that's, what, Let's that's keep, one of the keep things it small. that... Um, yep. I think that's one of the things which uh, has worked, is starting to work well with Marvel, right? Um, one Division is not about you know the end of that we know of so far is not about the end of the the universe it's about one person's very small world and what that means to them mm-hmm. uh and you know some of the you know, stuff like uh like Ant- the ant-man movies right uh there's bigger yeah. things in it but ultimately about a dad trying to see his kid right yep. you know it's like yeah. some of those small stories just work really well within that context because Comic books, not every single comic book is about, you know, end the world stuff. Some some comic books are just about, you know, yeah, really tiny things. And I think that level of thinking can be applied to Star Wars, and I think it works really well. Uh, and it's really exciting to see them explore that in The Mandalorian. Perfect, yeah, yeah perfect summary, dude. Mm. Yeah. Jimmy's final thoughts. Yeah, so w- would you boys recommend this? No, no, no. I, I don't think it, I don't think it's worth your five ninety nine a month. I actually haven't seen uh, it. Um, I, just, <laughs> I just didn't have time to watch it before we started. So I thought we were talking it. about the DeLorean from Back to the Future. That's why I, I was so excited. Framing John DeLorean with uh, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, it's fantastic. I'd be amazed if anyone in um, lockdown hasn't watched it if they were going to at this point. But again, if you're on the fence like I was. Go for it. it. It's really good. We haven't even talked about Nick Nolte. We haven't got time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, just look out for him. You'll know who he is. <laughs> if, we get, if we get the one Nick Nolte, we need to talk about Nick Nolte in fucking... Um, oh, Angel Has Fallen. We haven't got time. Butler's dad. We're doing Nick Nolte cast. That's an episode. We need, to do, we need to do an episode on the Has Fallen franchise. That is, a, um, that is an adventure in itself. We'll see. If we run out of stuff, eventually. <laughs> I'll keep thinking of something we can talk about. Lewis, do you want to uh, uh, 
Actually, in fact, better, better segue into this ending. Punch it, Blakey. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so if, if you've enjoyed it, in fact, let us know what you think about Mandalorian. Is there anything that you're excited about from the upcoming Star Wars uh, films and animations and series and games and comics and books and audio tapes <laughs> and radio shorts? Laser disc. And, <laughs> <laughs> and postal stories. Is there anything... Uh, that you're excited about is there anything you don't want to see um let us know it's actually been really fun just to we've i know because we we always do mention things like this uh we never really get a chance to fully dive into it and no, yeah. So, yeah it's been really fun yeah but i think i think that's why that's what i want to do um you know for yeah the coming future episodes is just more you know we, we talk a lot about music and stuff like that um but it's you know we we love all sorts so i think it's you know it's just a nice vehicle for our uh, our passions so mm-hmm. I think, I think the show is best when we're dumb, but passionate. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And that is two things that we are. Uh, and if you've enjoyed us, like enjoyed hearing us talk about something a little bit different, given something our... We've actually been focused for an episode as well. That's amazing. <laughs> yep. uh, please do give us a shout and give us a share so you can get in contact with us directly where we are, slowyrock at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram where we are, at slowyrockpodcast. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Get in touch. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And most importantly, if you have enjoyed this, maybe give us a little share. Maybe recommend us to a friend. Just dump it in their inbox. Uh, or if you can... If you're listening on whichever platform you are, iTunes would be great. Just give us a little review. Maybe, ideally, five stars and higher would be great. <laughs> but no, we'd love to hear from you. Please spread the word. Uh, this is the way. This is the way. I have spoken. But no, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> this is where the <laughs> what, fun begins. the end begins. of the podcast after it's finished? Because <laughs> yeah. you can go and do anything else of your life there. <laughs> <laughs> but what about the droid attack on Kashyyyk? <laughs> I, I don't don't get that meme. All right, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Take care, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> Lovely stuff. <laughs>